Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Such a wonderful presence. Such a wonderful presence. Thank you, praise and worship team. Thank you, the musicians, everybody that has made today's um, worship experience what it is so far. We truly appreciate you. We appreciate you for watching us via live stream. Those of you who are watching us via Christian World Media, um, YouTube, Periscope, uh, uh, not Instagram yet, but we're going to get there, and Facebook Live, we thank you. Thank you for those who are here in the building with us on this morning. Um, we just count it all joy. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody on today, even to my men, folks. I, I just appreciate you. For some reason, this, this Valentine's Day is just extremely special for me because um, last year it was another way, and I'm going to leave it at that, but God has chosen to uh, just bring us through today and to just uh, love on one another. They sung that that's love, that's love. Jesus went to Calvary to die for you and for, um, for me, and it's, a tr it's truly an example of his love for us on today. So happy Valentine's Day to you who are watching us via social media and via live streaming. We appreciate you for being with us on today. We pray that you had a wonderful, wonderful week. Um, I'm Pastor Wendy, my husband, Pastor Robert. We pastor Open Altar Worship Center. And we thank you each and every Sunday for joining us and partnering with us um, all around the United States and even across the world, we get people from Nigeria and all over watching us. So we thank you for tuning in to us. So we, we thank you for uh, allowing us to get the word out. We ask that you would just like and share our video, put a comment in there, put a heart in there to let us know that you're watching us and that something today may have uh, uh, just inspired you and touched your heart. I always want to uh, give us an opportunity to um, be blessed of the Lord. And the Bible talks about that every man shall choose in his heart what he desires to give. So if you, if God lays a, 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 a monetary donation or a tangible gift for you to share with us here at Open Altar Worship Center, you can do so by texting um, OAWCVA to 77977. That's OAWCVA to 77977. That helps us to continue to keep the ministry going. The Bible says to bring your type into the storehouse. Um, and so we definitely, this is the storehouse. This is where we come and we uh, uh, are able to do what we do. Um, but we want you to be blessed most of all. We also can, you can give via Cash App. We got so many ways to give. Um, it seems like Cash App and, and texting to give is easy. So you can give via Cash App by just texting Open Altar, um, Open Altar, I believe it is. And um, you can d give that way. Also on our website, you know us here at Open Altar Worship Center, we don't push giving. We don't push giving um, because we believe that it is a matter of the heart. There is one announcement that I do want to take the time to um, talk about. We have what you call midweek momentum. Um, during this time, we need to stay connected. And one of the ways that we stay connected is through our midweek momentum. We do it via Zoom so because it's more personal. Um, we give people an opportunity to be able to just comment and to 
uh, just chime in and, and say what's on their heart as far as what they're getting out of the word of God. And so if you would like to be a part of that, just drop something in the chat and say, Pastor Wendy, can you send me the Zoom link? And I will be more than happy to send you the Zoom link. Right now we are teaching on um, uh, hungering and thirsting. We're delving into that more. And I'm just loving the comments and the feedback that we're getting from those who are joining us uh, via Zoom. So we just truly appreciate you um, for joining us, and we invite you to join us. Um, I'm going to open up in prayer because I don't want to be before you long, um, but I believe that God has something to say to the people of God on today. Um, so let's just pray. Father, we praise you. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. Father, I thank you on this Valentine's Day. We can celebrate love, and I understand sometimes how the world uh, 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 celebrates it, but God, we celebrate it, God, because you loved us and you poured your love into us. You demonstrated your love by dying on Calvary for us, for somebody just like me, for somebody just like you who is watching us via live stream. He died for us and showed us the, the perfect example of love by giving his life, laying down his life, didn't have to but yet when we were in sin, when we didn't even know which way to go, he died for us. And then he came in and he saved us and he filled our hearts with love. So we thank you, Father, for all that you have done by sending your son. Holy Spirit, we thank you because you are our comforter. You are our help. You are our paraclete. You come alongside us and you usher us and you help us to move forward and do the things that we need to do. You strengthen us. So we say thank you on today. God, I thank you for everyone who is watching us via live stream. God, I pray that you would meet them right where they're at, in their living room, in their car, wherever it may be. God, uh, some are hurting, but I pray for them right now, God, that your word would encourage them, that your word would lift them up, God. I pray, God, that uh, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, God, and what I speak would be acceptable unto you, for you are my Lord, you are my strength, and you are my redeemer. So I say thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We are continuing our series um, uh, talking about courageous living courageous living and miss miss esther she gave some feedback and she said that she got so many nuggets out of uh, courageous living and i'm sure that some of you watching us did too but we are talking about courageous living um i talked on last week about uh uh, uh joshua and and what the meaning of courage means and and let me just kind of rehash a little bit of that courage means to be alert not just physically, but be alert mentally, mentally. You ever been to a point to where it's like you're there, but mentally you're exhausted, mentally you're just, you're like, look, I can't take anymore. I've had a couple of those moments myself to where it's like, you know, and I was talking to a friend this week, mental tiredness can be the worst tiredness that anyone could ever experience because uh, 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 physically when you're tired, you can go and get some rest. You can lay down and say, look, I'm going to just take a nap right now. 
But when you're mentally tired, it seems like it drains your whole body. It just seems like it sucks all of the life out of you. And it's hard to, 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 to control being mentally tired. And I'm speaking for myself. Sometimes we can become so overwhelmed. We can take on too much. Sometimes we can um, um, uh, 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 just be thinking about the next thing. If you're like me, I'm always thinking about something to do, and it's hard for me to rest because my mind is always thinking, well, I got to do this, and, and sometimes I feel guilty for just sitting down like yesterday, me and Pastor Robert, we watched two movies. That's very unlikely. That is very just unnormal for me to just say, look, I'm not going to do anything, no phone, no, no tablet, no computer. Pastor Robert will always tell you, I always have a laptop, I always got some type of electronic device in my hand because I'm constantly coming up and thinking of ideas and say, ooh, let me do this. And what that causes is a mental tiredness, a mental tiredness. And so because I'm mentally tired, uh, I, I'm physically, I'm mentally drained, and it drains me physically, and so therefore, um, it enables me sometimes, or, or causes me not to be as courageous, because my mind, my mind is always moving. Anybody been there? Anybody been there watching me be alive? But it says, uh, courage um, not only means alert physically and mentally, we got to be alert, but it also means that a quality of spirit that enables us to face danger, to face danger, pain, disappointment, and trouble without showing fear. And I don't know about you, but it's hard sometimes to face trouble, face pain, sometimes without showing fear. You know, fear of the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. You ever had anything that's out of your control that you just cannot, you have no say-so whatsoever. And God seems to have me in a position right now that I have no control over some things. That's the way he wants it. And I'm having, I'm finding myself saying, God, this is yours. God, this, I, I can't, I, this is yours. That person is yours. This situation is yours. He has me right where I want. But even in that, um, um, not a matter of being in control, but it's a matter of what is the unknown. What's going to happen? Is it going to work out right, or is it going to work out the way that I want? And it takes courage to go through those situations, go through disappointment. Anybody ever been disappointed? I've been disappointed a whole lot, uh, 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 and, and, and people will disappoint you. People literally will disappoint you, and and. Um, the closer you get to people and the more you put your trust in people, it seems like they disappoint you the more. Why? Because of our expectations. Well, I, um, I met with some leaders on this week and um, getting ready to, to, to do some things uh, that's going to help to build me and Pastor Robert up in the ministry. And the first thing that they asked me was, what is your expectation? Because I want, we want to make sure that uh, we're not 
uh, uh, thinking one thing and you're thinking another. A lot of times our expectations can be uh, different than somebody else's. And so we enter into a situation because of our expectations. And what happens is, is that our expectations go unmet because they don't really know what we meant. And so therefore we experience disappointment um, and, and there's times when, when uh, we experience fears because of disappointment. So let me uh, uh, kind of sum up what uh, disappointment or what courage means. And the Bible says to be strong. Uh, it means to be filled with active achieving power. It means that you don't stop. It means that no matter what happens, you get back up. No matter if how many times you get knocked down, you're like, I'm going to get up from this. This is not going to take me out. I, we were watching a movie yesterday, and, and it was just so wonderful because it was a young man who had experienced disappointment in his life, being uh, 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 molested as a child and um, being abused as a child. And he went on to join the Navy, and he went back to find his mom. And he went to his mother, and his mother didn't even say a word, but he said, I made something of myself. He says, look at me. I'm joined the Navy. I'm this and I'm that. And he went to his mother, and he said, even though that I, I, you know, I was down in the dump, he said, I got back up and I made something of myself. So being strong means that we have the power through the Holy Spirit, to get up from whatever we've gone through, whatever we're going through, whatever we're experiencing, whatever uh, uh, we're facing, setbacks, we're able to come back from setbacks. So courage takes inner strength and a level of commitment. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. So on last week when we talked about uh, a courageous living, I gave you three points. And one, it is it's, it's to... Uh, it takes courage. I talked about why we need courage, why we need courage. It takes courage to fulfill our assignment. So uh, before I get too much into my introduction, let me read Joshua, the first chapter, verses 1 through 9. And this is the same text that we read on last week. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, um, uh, the Lord spoke to Joshua. Moses was the Lord's servant, and the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, um, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. This is God talking to Joshua, and he's saying it's time for you to lead these people. Now, Joshua had experienced a grief. He had experienced disappointment. His leader, whom he had followed for many, many years, is now off of the scene. And so it says, it's time. God says, it's time, Joshua, uh, has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. Um, it says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land that I have given you. Now, I read that this week, and it just jumped out at me. God was saying that wherever you put your foot, Joshua, that's going to be land that I've given you. You don't even know. Look, 
wherever, wherever you walk, wherever you move, that's going to be my blessing that I have given you. And it jumped out at me because it's saying, how many times do we struggle in taking the next step, taking the next move into the unknown? How many times do we hesitate in moving out in what God has said? Because of fear, because we don't have the courage to do it. But God is telling us, and what he was saying to me, he said, look, Wendy, he said, wherever you put your foot, wherever you move in faith, wherever you move into what I, whenever you move into what I have told you to do, it's, it's already been done for you. The battle has already been fought. The victory has already been won. The land is already, wherever you put your foot, all you got to do is walk, and the blessing is going to be right they're waiting for you. It's something that I have already given you. I've already won it for you. So that's what God was telling Joshua. And he says, from the Negev wilderness uh, in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. He's telling them, look, just walk there. It's already there for you. And then it says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. God's not going to fail us. He's not going to abandon us. And then it says, um, be strong and very courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Verse 7, he says, be strong again. And very courageous. Be careful, though, to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. He says, study this book of instruction continuously. Study it continuously. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. And only then, only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. He said, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. It's not man's, but it's God's command. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you. For the Lord your God is with you. I want to talk to you today from the, the aspect of, uh, I talked about we need courage. And um, it's one thing to say that we need something, but I need help in knowing how to get what's needed. Uh, 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 I need to know how um, to, to, to obtain what it is that God has said that I could have. And the way to do that is that um, I got to search his word. It says, don't let the word of God depart from your mouth. And so I want to uh, come to you today as a subtopic from uh, Courageous Living, um, talking about developing and walking in courage. Developing and walking in the courage, in, the, in, in courage. So how do we develop courage? How do we develop courage? First of all, I talked on last week about we need courage. Why? Because in order to fulfill our assignment, God has assigned each of us to something. 
and you're like, well, I don't know what it is, you probably nine times out of ten are already walking in it. But uh, uh, sometimes we're looking for the greater, and God said, just walk in this. And then as you walk and begin to move more in what I've already placed within your hands, there's more that's going to unfold to you. He says, because of the call that's on your life, because of the things that I have destined for you to do, because of the anointing that I placed in you, because of me calling you into the family, I called you with a purpose, I now am commanding you to have courage because you're going to need courage to fulfill your assignment. And then number two, I talked about um, uh, uh, of how God commands us to be uh, 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 to have courage. He, he said, be strong in verse 6 of Joshua, the first chapter. He told uh, Joshua on more than one occasion, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Uh, be strong and courageous. So God commands us. It's a commandment. And then number three, I talked about God expects us to operate in courage because he's with us. God told Joshua, no matter where you go, I'm going to be with you. No matter what you do, wherever you put your foot, I'm already there with you. I have gone before you and prepared it. Just know that you can operate and you can, I expect you to walk in, in courage because I'm there with you. I've already fought that battle for you. Having courage is not the absence of fear. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, but don't let, don't stay in that moment of fear because fear, and we've heard it before, fear will paralyze you. And I talked about um, of how uh, uh, the python, the python will wrap himself around you and squeeze every bit of the life out of you. Um, and, and, and that's what fear does. Fear will squeeze every bit of life and desire and, and, and uh, desire to move forward. Every bit of hope, it will squeeze that out of you. But today I want to talk about how do we develop courage? How do we develop courage? How do we develop courage? Number, uh, number one, let's look at verse one. Verse 1 says that after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. He spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. So point number one is that, and I'm only going to get to this one point, and the Lord reminded me, and I couldn't get past this one point, um, because he really wanted me to, to dig it out. And then I told Pastor Robert um, this morning on the way to church, I said, wow. I said, you know, and God dropped it in my spirit. He said, you couldn't get past number one because I'm, I want you to talk about relationship today. And what better day to talk about relationship when the world is, uh, and, and many people around the world is, is celebrating Valentine's Day. But it says, how do we develop courage Courage comes from relationship. Even though Moses had a relationship with God, Joshua also had a relationship with God. If he didn't have a relationship with God, he would not have been able to hear and to understand that it was God speaking to him. He would not have been able to uh, uh, make it through what he was making it through unless he had a relationship with God. 
He'd been around Moses long enough. Moses was his mentor, but he learned how to have relationship with God through seeing the relationship that Moses had with God. So Joshua, he took his example. Remember on last week, I talked about how Moses was, uh, uh, Joshua was Moses' servant. He was his, he, 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 wherever Moses went, he was right there with him. So, uh, and not only that, he was there in the parting of the Red Sea. He was there in the wandering of the wilderness. Joshua was there. And in all of that, he developed a relationship on his own with God. Wasn't based upon mama and daddy. Wasn't based upon uh, 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 your leader's uh, relationship. He developed his own relationship with God. He was known by God because God, remember, God came to him. God came to him and spoke to him. He knew the voice of God. And in relationship, we learn the voice of, uh, of the person we're in relationship with. Um, I often think about it. You can have a child, a room full of children, but a mother will know the cry of their baby. Am I right? A mother will know the cry. Uh, they're not going to move if they hear somebody else's baby crying. But when they hear their baby crying, they're going to get up and say, I need to attend to the need. So relationship, uh, you will know the voice. You will know when it, when it is that God is speaking with you. Um, as I said, that God had, uh, Joshua had developed a relationship with, with uh, Joshua had developed a relationship with God, and it wasn't superficial. It wasn't just a surface type of relationship. It was a relationship that went deep, that he could understand whose voice it was. Uh, even, with, uh, even in our own personal life, um, it has been to where um, if you have ever, uh, ever had a, a, a friendship or whatever it, it, that didn't go that deep, Sometimes you could be listening to them talk. You you listening, but you no, you're hearing them, but you're not listening to them. You're really not a paying attention to what they're saying because it's like you know, hey, you know, okay, um, I, you know, I'm with you, but I, I'm I'm not that deep. But let Pastor Robert say something, and it, it's like, did you say something? You know what? You know, uh, uh, uh you know, I, yes. And sometimes he'll say, no, I ain't saying, sometimes I even think I've heard him say something. When, I'm, when you're in relationship, your ears are always attentive to the person to whom you're in relationship with. Why? Because it's just not a surface type of relationship. Pastor Robert, every day, uh, uh, will call me at lunchtime. He'll call me and say, hey, I'm just calling to see how you're doing and how your day is doing. Why? Because it is a deeper type of relationship. Now, if he goes a day and, and doesn't call, when he gets home, I'm like, what happened? You got busy? You know, uh, um, you know oh, your finger got broke? You know, that's a little joke. Oh, your phone stopped working? Why? Because I expect more when I'm in a deeper relationship with somebody. Now, now, if, if Ray over here didn't call me, and I love you, Ray, but if he didn't call me at lunchtime, it wouldn't bother me. 
If he didn't go two or three days, it wouldn't bother me. Why? Because our relationship is not an intimate relationship. It's not a deep relationship to where our expectations are different. Our expect my expectations for Ray is different. Uh, uh, but for Pastor Robert, I expect more because my relationship with him is deeper. And so God says with relationship, it's intimate. Intimate, meaning it's deep. Is deep. God wants us to develop a deep relationship with him, not just a surface relationship. But um, when you think of uh, uh, intimacy, you think of love and love comes out of knowledge. Love comes from knowing, knowing when when you have knowledge of somebody, it gives you a deeper understanding and a deeper love for them. Uh, Pastor Robert uh uh, I, uh, yesterday during our praise and worship training, I had to pl uh, play with him after we got done, but he had said some things, and I was like, I didn't know that about you. I was like, I didn't, and so it, it takes a little, it, it takes us into a little deeper relationship because I get to know him more. I get to know him more. Um, there's a book when, uh, talk about the five love languages, learning what a person's love is, love language is, and my love language is the, the love language of affirmation. Affirmation. I, 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 you know, I like to be affirmed, you know, and it's not a bad thing, but when I make it my, my God, or when I make it to where I'm literally chasing after affirmation from other people, uh, accolades from other people, it could be a very damaging thing. But God knows my love language, and he, need, he knows how to come in and affirm me, and affirm me. Uh, uh, listen to this. It says, intimacy, uh, the intimacy into God, into which God calls us requires knowledge, requires knowledge of him. That's why God told Joshua, uh, uh, study my word. Meditate on it. Let it resonate in you. Get it deep down within your heart because uh, 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 when, we, when we get more knowledge, when we understand the love of God, uh, when we understand how much he loves us, it takes us into a deeper uh, a relationship with him. It brings us into a, another closeness with him. Uh, and that is why he says, get into my word, study my word, because my word is who I am. My word is who I am. Our intimacy with God also deepens and, and comes as we trust him more. Let's look at um, uh, Psalm 73. Psalm 73. Let me find that. So as I said, number one, courage comes from relationship. Courage comes from relationship. And let me find, what did I say, Psalms what, 73? Okay, I am going to have to pull it up. Psalm 73, hold on one second, there we go. Psalm 73, let's look at, let's start at verse 16. And in this psalm, the writer is, is talking about the prospering of the wicked. He's talking about, you know, how everybody around him seems to be prospering. You ever been in a situation where it seems like everybody's getting ahead but you? You know, it's like, man, 
You know, everybody seems like uh, uh, they're getting the position but you, or it, it seems like, oh, they got the new car, but you didn't get the new car. Um, but in this, he's talking about the prospering of the wicked. And in it, in verse 16, it says, so I tried to understand, you know, in, in, in all that's going on, God, I'm serving you, but I'm, I'm trying to understand why the wicked prospered. But what a difficult task it was. What a difficult task it is. And then he says, but hold on. Out of all of looking and seeing what's going on, it says that I went into your sanctuary. I went in there by faith. I got into your presence by faith. I, I, I decided, God, I'm not going to look at what the wicked is doing, but I'm going to get close to you and try to get some understanding of what is going on. Now, I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about intimacy. Um, the psalmist said that then I went into your sanctuary, not the house, not the building, but I went into your face. I got into your face, and I said, oh, God, once I got into your face, you encourage me I was discouraged because I was looking at what other what everything and all what was going on around me but you encouraged me when I got into your face and you strengthened me and it says and then I finally understood what the destiny of the wicked was what the destiny of the wicked was but look at in verse 28 it says but as for me now I know what the destiny of the wicked is. It says, I can now say, but as for me, how good it is to be near God. Near God, not possessions, not things, but I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter. Not my possessions, not my job. I'm not hungering after anything but you, God, but your face. Because now I understand that all of that is going to soon pass away. But it says, I've made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things that you do. When we get close to God, and when we get into a more intimate relationship with him, he gives us another, another perspective on what's going on around us. He changes our lenses to how we see things. We don't see it as being glorious and glamorous, but we see it for what it really is. And I got to move. Let's turn to James, and I want to talk about the intimate relationship. James 4 and 8, it, it, God is calling us into a deeper relationship with him. He's calling us into a more intimate relationship, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but every day of the week. He's calling us and saying, I, I, I want to come and I want to fellowship with you. I want to be just like uh, I said with Pastor Robert. I want to be able to pick up the phone and call you at noonday. Sometimes you can just pick up the phone and there's nobody on the end. Oh, God, that's you? Oh, yeah. What you, what you saying this to me? You saying... Honestly, that's sometimes how you have to really do it. You got to just say, look, God, this is your moment. This is your time. Even if it's a second in your car, take that time to get into the face of God and saying, God, this is your time right now. This is your time. Uh, but James 4 and 8 says, come close to God. Come close. He, he, he's saying, you make the initiative. You take the step. And he says, you take the step 
and God will come close to you. He's guaranteed to come close. But many of us are not uh, 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 feeling the closeness of God or not as close and intimate with God because we're standing far off. We're standing a uh, 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 distance from each other. It'd be uh, if, if you went into the cafe area and I'm in here and I'm yelling to you and trying to, you're not going to really hear everything that I'm saying. But once you come in the room with me, there's a more closeness that we began to hear. We, I began to see your body language. You ever, I, 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 texting is not a problem is not a problem. But one day me and my nephew were texting back and forth and it got so it got to be so much to where I don't text paragraphs. I'm just sorry. I'd rather pick up the phone and talk. Let, let's just talk. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a talker. Um, I like face-to-face -face contact because sometimes when you text, you can take that text the wrong way. You can take that email the wrong way. And you're off all mad and all whatever and that person didn't even mean it the way. But when you come into contact, pick up the phone, and, 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 and even sometimes over the phone, me and Pastor Robert will do this sometimes, and I'm like, I get off the phone, and I'm a little, I'm a little you know, I'm not mad, but I'm a little edgy and heated, because I'm like, did he just say that to me? But he may have been playing, but I didn't know it until we got home and we talked face to face. And I was like, do you realize you said something? He said, I was just playing, baby, easy. Cool, calm down, chill. You know, you all right today? You had a good day? Yeah, I had. Then it's like, Phew, okay. But it's when you get into the midst of somebody and come close to them, you're able to understand really what's going on. There, there's not a lot of misunderstanding. It's that intimate, that closeness that, that brings about more uh, understanding and knowledge and adeptness to your relationship. So God says to come close to him, and I'm going to come close to you. You just make the effort. Make the time. Um, John 4 and 22 says, it says, listen to this. This is what got me. It says, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. We come in and we say, praise God. You know, praise, uh, hallelujah. But do you really know who you're praising? Do you really know who you're worshiping? Do you really know who you're lifting your hands up to? You know, uh, getting ready to get into act. Jesus, do you really know Jesus? You know, uh, those of us who have been around the church long enough, we're going to call on Jesus and, and think about it. There are lots of people that have been around the church for years and was raised up in the church, but they really don't have a relationship with the one that they've been in church seeing people praise. They really don't have an intimacy. Why? Because we were just trained to go to church. I was trained to go to church. I mean, since I was a little bitty baby, mama, I remember my mama taking me to church. You ain't going to stay home. I remember sitting on, um, many of y'all probably don't know, uh, remember this, but sitting on uh, uh, wooden pews and having to sit there and my behind hurting and you better not twitch because mama's going mama's gonna to pinch you. You better stay still and look, give you, I'm going to whoop you when you get home if you don't straighten up. I was raised in the church. But I didn't have a relationship with the person that I was going. It was, it was a superficial relationship. But one day, God called me into a deeper relationship. I kept saying, there's got to be more to this. There's, I was singing in the choir. I was doing, and i never forget it. Never forget it. it I, I was on a hunt. I was on a quest 
that I got to know who it is. Uh, there's something that's on the inside that says there's more than what's going on here. And I got to get deeper. And so I started digging. And then one day, I'll tell you what, it's like the Lord arrested me. I wasn't in a church building. I wasn't uh, uh, amongst friends. I was right at home and said, Lord, save me. Called me into, he called me into a deeper relationship right at home. Deeper relationship. So it says that um, you know little about the one who you worship. While we, know, we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But what my, my point is, is that don't, don't, uh, 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 don't continue to walk in the path and know little about the one that has called you into a deeper relationship, a superficial relationship. Let's look at Hebrews 11, and I'm almost done. Hebrews 11 and 6, it says it, is it, is it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It's a time now like never before to sincerely seek God. Come close to God. Come close to him. I can't see you, God. I can't feel you. And right now, look, I, I'm just broke down. I'm frustrated. And, and even that was happening to me this morning. And I had to tell God, God, this is yours. This is, and I wasn't frustrated, but it was just thoughts that were coming to try to discourage me. And I said, God, this is yours. That's yours. This is yours. We have to get to a point to where we come to God even though we can't feel him. Even though we can't sense them, even and I heard the old uh, church members say, even though we can't trace them, you know, come, come into Him, believe by faith, by faith. You remember what I said that the psalmist said that I entered into the sanctuary. He entered in by faith. Seek God by faith. You may not feel like it, but by faith, this relationship is developed. And then Psalms, uh, uh, uh. 35, 1 and 2, it says, oh, Lord. Now, this is a psalmist who is literally being transparent and laying everything out to God. He's, he's telling God, he says, look, he says, these people have risen up against me. He said, but look, uh, Lord, oppose those who oppose me. How if we went around and said, look, God, that, that she, she ran her mouth against me. You going to get her, girl. Going to get them, God. You know, I, I, I give you the right. But see, God in his mercy and his grace is not going to do what you say do because he understands and he loves. He loves that person over there just like he loves us. But God's saying, be vulnerable, be, be uh, transparent to me. Uh, uh, we don't, uh, 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 in the church, uh, and sometimes we want to say, we want to put on a, a facade like everything is all right. There are times and it's okay to say, look, no, I'm not feeling good today. I'm not going to come to you with a praise the Lord. I'm not going to come to you and say it's good. No, it's not good. Let me tell you something. If you go to somebody today and say, well, how you're doing, how are you doing? They're, they're, you, if you start saying, well, it ain't good today, the first thing they do in their mind, they turn you off. Right? Because that's not what they want to hear. They're, that's not what they're expecting. But with God, you can tell God, look, I'm not doing too good today. 
<laughs> this is not a good day for me. I don't feel like getting out of the bed. I don't feel like doing nothing. I don't feel like brushing my teeth. God, look, I'm laying it out. And this is what the psalmist is saying. Look, I'm sick and tired. I've done all of this for these people. And all they turn around to do is slap me in my face. All they turn around and do is use me. All they turn around and do is talk about me, even in the goodness, even in the greatness and the things. And I did it out of my heart. God, they turned around and tried to use it against me. And then when I fail, God, when 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 things weren't going so right for me, they turned around and said, uh huh. Yeah, look, they made fun of me. They, didn't, they weren't even there to try to help me and to yield the same kind of help that I helped them. But uh, uh, And the psalmist is laying this out. He says, put on your armor, God, and take up your shield. Prepare for battle and come to my aid. God, I'm hurting. I'm in relationship with you. I'm in an intimate relationship with you, and I want to be able to just lay it all out. I, I ought to be able to go to Pastor Robert and say, Pastor Robert, look, I'm not doing good today. Last night I was uh, hurting in my legs, and he paused the television, He and I said, what you getting ready to do? And he said, I'm getting ready to pray for you. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go. Because why? We're in relationship. He's going to stop everything that he's doing to make sure that everything is all right. The psalmist is saying, look, this is where I'm at right now, God. I'm being vulnerable. I'm being transparent. I'm being honest. I'm doing everything. Uh, God, I'm just laying it out to you. And when you're in an intimate relationship with a person, you're able to just lay it all out. And the psalmist lays it out. But then let's look at what... Um, uh, I tell you what, we're going to skip that verse. Um, he lays it out to God, and God comes to his aid. If you look uh, further down in the verse, and, and all through the uh, 11th through the 28th verse, he kind of just lays it out and says, this is where I'm at. Sometimes we have to really just tell God where we're at. Stop trying to fake it. Stop trying to fake it. It's all right. It's all right, ain't it, saints? Sometimes you just gotta, you got to tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Intimacy with God. This is my last one. I'm talking about relationship. Uh, developing courage, strength and courage comes through relationship. Relationship. Genesis 22 and 24. It says, after the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived close, in close fellowship with God. He lived in close fellowship with God. And then it says, for another 300 years, he lived in close fellowship. 300 years, can you imagine living 300 years? For 300 years, he lived in close fellowship. He didn't fall out of close fellowship with God after a day because God didn't answer his prayers. He didn't fall out of close fellowship after a year. But for 300 years, he stayed in close fellowship with God. And because he stayed in close fellowship with God, it says that Enoch lived to be 365 years old. When we live in close fellowship with God, he takes care of us. He preserves us. 
And that word walk in, in um, that word walk in, in, in Genesis, the fifth chapter, the 22nd verse, it means it talks about to walk steadily, to, to progressively, progressive, uh, build your relationship. It's a progressive relationship, meaning that it's built over time, built over time. It's not instant. We can't put it in a microwave and set it for 30 seconds and expect for it to come to fruition. I, I, I'm glad to say that on next month, March the 3rd, me and Pastor Robert will have been married for 20 years. And, and, and I'm going to be honest. There was times that I didn't think we were going to be, be married for two years. I'm just keeping it real. You know, you don't, you don't know. And, and it wasn't all a bed of roses. It wasn't all the 20 years have not been lovely and wonderful and Google eyes. I'm sorry. There's been work that has had to be put in. We've had to progress to where we are now. And so in our um, building this relationship and developing courage, strength and courage, it's going to come through relationship with God, drawing close to him. He's going to uh, place his courage inside of you. So as I get ready to close, I want to encourage you on today to draw close to God. Every day, every moment, draw close to him. Make it a point to set some time aside and say, God, this is your time. It's so funny that I own a business, and I can set an appointment for my clients. And I block this time off, and nobody gets that time but my clients. Why can't we do the same for God? Why can't we do the same for God? God's saying, block some time off of me. I want to get close to you. He says, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. So let's pray on today. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you because today we are going to uh, endeavor and we are going to make it our point to get into a deeper relationship with you. We're going to make it our point on today, God, to um, uh, reciprocate the love that you have for us, God. We're going to reciprocate it by seeking after you, God. By, by seeking to please you, to seek to get into a deeper relationship with you, Father. Father, we can't worry about what happened last week. Uh, we can't even worry about what happened the last hour, the last minute. It's gone. But from this point on, we're saying that we are going to uh, uh, make it a point to seek you more. Seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto you, unto us, God. You're telling us to seek you, Father. And everything that we have need of and everything that may come to discourage us, God, you said when we seek you that you are going to cause us to put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When we seek you, God, you are going to make our load and our burden light. You are going to just lift those heavy things off of us, oh God. So, Father, we say today that we declare and decree that we 
promise and we make a promise, God, that we are going to set some time aside, set aside time for you and to dig deeper into this relationship with you, not just a, a, a surface relationship, but we want to be intimate with you, God. So we praise you and we thank you, Father. Thank you for those who are watching us via live stream, Father. We praise you. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us next week. For those who are watching us on live stream, join us next week again at 10. Don't forget, on, um, on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, we have our midweek momentum. That's our Bible study, but we don't like to call it Bible study because sometimes it's like, oh, you know, uh, we want to dig in and we want to learn. We want to help you to grow. We want to help you to stay connected. So join us on next week via uh, live stream at 10 o'clock. God bless you and praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for all of you who are here in the building with us. Saint, uh, what's your name, young lady? Kennedy. Hey, praise God. How you doing, Kennedy? Thank you for coming and seeing about us today, coming and uh, uh, worshiping with us. We thank God for every lady. I didn't mean to lead a man out, but every lady, I got a gift for y'all. Me and Pastor Robert just want to say happy Valentine's Day to you. We love you. Um, let's get our offerings together. Let's get our offerings together. You can give via Cash App. Um, credit card machine is over there. I've written out my check already. Um, and, and as I said before, we don't um, pressure giving because I, I know what it's like to have a $5, $10 line, and I only had a, a, a force. I'm not lying, y'all. You know, Pastor Robert, he said, Pastor Wendy, he said, you didn't tell the whole story. Y'all remember last week when I told you how the mother um, in the church, um, I was up speaking, and she said something to me, and when she said it, she just discouraged me. Well, let me tell you why she said what she said. Because I ain't always had it good. I bounced a check in church. Well, how embarrassing is it to bounce it? Saint turned his head around and said, what? Yeah, I bounced a check in church. Didn't mean to. I honestly did not mean to. But I bounced a check. And somehow or another, some little snitch on the um, finance committee told the church mother. I ain't lying. She was a snitch. She ain't had no business working in the finance committee. And she going to tell about somebody else's business. And so the mother, I'm up speaking, I'm like, I'm going to town. And all of a sudden, I heard the mama say, sit down. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, what? She said, bouncing checks in church. I heard her just as good. <laughs> and that killed me. <laughs> for the and, I, and, and, and it's, you know, the enemy just, he stifled me for, for about three years behind that. I would never write another check in church. I mean, God knows. And there was times I only had pennies. But you know, y'all don't know nothing about this, not y'all young people. How y'all would float a check? Come on, y'all. Float a check. You know you're going to get paid before the check, before they, you know. Anyway, um, I know it ain't right, but I, I, I wanted to give. My heart was in the right place. And, um, and, and I'm not joking. I said, you know, I, I did what I had, and there was times that I would stick my hand way down in the bucket because I knew I only had change to put in there. But that was all I had. And God honored that. God honored that. I made my commitment and say, God, look, no matter what, you know, I, I got to give. I, I had cars repossessed. Yes, ma'am. Um, I had cars repossessed. I was put out on the street um, and was going to move back to North Carolina to my mom. And no, I didn't want to. Um, I'm not joking. And put out on the street. I mean, literally, I got evicted 
And I was like, you know, and some church mama who I didn't even know took me in, and then she became my surrogate mother. But what I'm trying to say is, is that even in all of that, um, I trusted God. You know, the reason why I lost my car was because I got caught up in the payday loan places. I got caught up in the payday loan places and, and, and wasn't trusting God. But my girlfriend, who's dead and gone now, um, who's gone on to be with the Lord, she said, Wendy, she said, if you don't do nothing now, she said, you give God first. And ever since then, I, I mean, I, I gave God first. And when I slack up, now I ain't saying this is you, but with me, when I slack up, man, all, all heck breaks loose in my finances. I'm not joking. So I got to trust God because he holds me to another level of accountability. Okay, but God says that, you know, uh, decide in your heart what you give. And he says that he loves a cheerful giver. So let's just bow our heads. Praise God. Father, we praise. Pastor Robert, I tell you what, you come and bless the offering, if you would, please. I'm going to come over here and stand with Miss Esther.